0: Hey, everyone. I am super excited to announce a new online program, the Champion Sports Physical Therapy Mentorship. I've teamed up with Dan Pope and Dave Tilley to create this brand new 12-week mentorship program, and we're now opening it up to the very first cohort on June 10th. We hear all the time from people that they wish they had more mentoring and people they can learn from to help accelerate their careers. We're going to take you through all our foundations of sports physical therapy, including our clinical evaluation working with non-operative and post-operative patients, building return-to-sport programs, and even learning advanced-phase rehab and strength and conditioning principles for rehab professionals. In addition, we're going to have a bunch of case studies, a community, and live sessions to interact and ask us questions. We really can't wait. Check out the show notes to learn more and sign up today. The first cohort starts June 10th. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about returning back to CrossFit after rotator cuff repair surgery. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the Introduction to Performance Therapy and Training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am up at Champion PT Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. We're here answering your questions. Anything you guys want to talk about head to mycron.com, click on that podcast link ask away and we'll get through as many of these questions as we can for this podcast. Let's see, I am here this episode we're here with uh you know, smaller crew lately. We've had some people that have been out, you know, just as the seasons go on, but I like these small crews here. So, let's see, we have Lisa Lowe, Dan Pope, Kevin Coughlin, Duwes Podel, and Lenny Macrina all here for you. Lenny who do we have for students today?
1: I know who we don't have for the past four weeks. That's Dave Tilly and Mike Scadudo. They've taken a four-week vacation, apparently. <laughs> they, um, took, they took a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> but bad. anywho, we have Kim Lay from the Marist College in Marist, America. We have Morgan Kennedy from Finlay University um, in Ohio somewhere. Um, and the, that's the heart of America. And we have Zach Atwood from Wayne State University wayne state michigan
0: is ohio the hotter of america is that a thing is that like their their license is, plate
1: is it what what's his, what's ohio's role in the chef in the middle of the u.s the map thing you guys know what i'm even talking about what's its role kim definitely does what's his role like the, all the all the different states in like the middle of america form i think like a chef and like with like louisiana being like the legs and they, it works up to like ohio michigan and i don't know what ohio's role is i don't know i can't, uh, I can't I'm, wait
0: I'm, yeah. is ohio the hat i feel like ohio might be the hat something, something like that
1: yeah i'm now now i'm going to have to look this up that's interesting I, I just learned about this like a year ago so i, I don't know much about but I, I mean, did
0: Yeah. Lenny fill in Scaduto's gap of useless knowledge <laughs> in an episode. Of I I think is, right. Right. Is, uh, right. It's fantastic. I mean, you know, we missed Mike with that, right. but awesome. All right. What do we have? Is it we, uh, Kim, is Kim back up? What do we have for a question to do, Kim?
2: Um, question
0: is Julia from Alabama wants to know, following a full thickness supraspinatus roti- rotator cuff repair, when would it be okay for a patient who's a CrossFitter to return to Olympic lifting, strict pull-ups, as well as kipping and other gymnastics movements, such as toes to bar, handstand push-ups, and muscle-ups? <laughs> I'm going to do that next. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. It is. Interesting. <laughs> uh, good question, Julia. Roll Tide. Um, uh, good question. I like that. Len, do you think did she have too many words for one sentence? Is that a run
1: on, or are I, you? I was, I was, I, I was offended by the question because was, of all the run on sentences. It was, it was I thought
0: it was a great question. But I just want to run the grammar by you if you're a long time listener. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, awesome. So, all right, Dan, this is the Dan Pope Show here for this. <laughs> but I like, I like at least how Julia's specific. She probably has oh, somebody wow. in mind, which is, which is kind of cool. But like a full thickness cuffed hair, which I think is important to say and super spatus by the way is you know that's usually what a full thickness cuff tear is so i don't that's not the crazy part for me but full thickness meaning like this is like a real tear it's not a partial it's not a transcendent tendonous type repair but a full thickness repair when can you get back and then she lifts everything right so there's there's a ton of things <laughs> but um you know it's a really good question and i'm sure there's a lot to it um but i would say the majority of pts out there are probably scared of getting their their cuff
2: patients back to these types of activities right so so you know, how do you approach this, Dan? Yeah, that's a big question, and we could probably spend a, a long, long time on this. I'll try not to, right? Um, and what I, <laughs> what I will say is that these are my best guesses, right? And there's there's actually one research article that came out recently that talked about how long it took to get back to some of these movements. So, like the snatch and the muscle up were around nine to eleven months, but the, most of those folks were acute tears and partial thickness, actually. So, right. it's probably a little bit different for those folks compared to someone who has a larger cuff tear. Um, generally speaking, I think that, um, around the 12 week mark is when you can start what we consider traditional weightlifting type stuff, right? I think that's going to really depend on the individual. Um, it's going to depend on the tear too. If someone's doing extremely well with a smaller tear, then maybe that 12 week or excuse me, yeah, 12 week mark is appropriate. If not, you might have to extend that a little bit. Generally speaking, we start with dumbbell exercises first, and I like to try to work um, below the shoulder. So the first goals from a strength perspective are trying to get around 90% symmetry with some sort of dumbbell press, usually start with a partial range and progress to a fuller range of motion. And the same thing with a dumbbell row. So we're trying to see 90% symmetry. Once we're getting closer to 90% symmetry, we start going more overhead, Right. And that's going to be a little bit challenging for most folks because we need to have a good overhead pull down. Most CrossFit gyms don't even have that. Uh, I think often we don't think about building symmetry with overhead pulling, but that's going to be super important because you're going to want to be doing pull ups. Right. So once we get about 90% symmetry with pull downs and some sort of overhead dumbbell press, go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. I was going to ask, how long do you think that usually takes to get 90% symmetry? So you start at week 12. How long does that take? A lot of variability there, so somewhere between four and five months, maybe for those okay. folks. Okay, I'm glad you
0: said that because, like, when you first said that, I imagine people grabbing dumbbells and all of a sudden just start like bench
2: pressing at week twelve, and 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 I, I got a little anxiety from that. But I know. Um, but I usually that's tough. I mean, I, it's so hard because there's there's no guidance, right? There's no protocols to kind of tell you what's okay, and what's not. I usually tell folks in terms of weight and what weight to start with. We're starting with a pretty low. I use RPEs or rate of perceived exertion. For most folks, when they go in the gym, they do a set. That would be maybe an eight or a nine RPE. So a 10 out of 10 would be the hardest you can possibly push. A zero is you're not pushing whatsoever, right? So they're starting with pretty light loads. And then basically as your strength improves, we start to slowly increase over the course of time. I'm not expecting them to have symmetry until closer to that five-month uh, mark anyway. So you can already see this is a long, drawn-out process. Once folks have some of that symmetry, then we actually start going towards barbell movements, and we start with the strict barbell movements first. So you'll see a strict barbell overhead press, and you'll see a strict uh, pull-up, right? Once we show that we can do that well, and I usually see people for two to four weeks of doing barbell movements before we progress again. At that point, I'm thinking about standard programming. I usually program an exercise and, and see it through for about four weeks before we change it again. Then we move on to, let's say, a push press. And then once a push press is tolerated, then a push jerk or split jerk. So really, from a jerk perspective, you're probably not seeing people get back to heavier loading until maybe about eight or nine months, maybe even later than that, right? Uh, the muscle-up is interesting just because – The muscle-up, you can't scale as well as you can for a barbell. It's really easy to put more weight on a barbell or take weight off or use like a lighter barbell. You can't really do that for a muscle-up. There are some ways to do it. There's a ring thing uh, that Power Monkey Fitness guys sell that's awesome that you can use partial body weight. But generally speaking, it's it's a little harder to progress because you can't scale it as well. And you have a lot of athletes that are coming in at different uh, levels of fitness, right? You have someone that tears a rotator cuff that is nowhere near close to doing a a muscle-up prior to having the injury, and some folks can do a lot of muscle-ups, and they get hurt, and their progress is going to be faster, right? So keep that in mind. But generally, uh, the way um, I go about this is the same way. We want to see someone progress their way up to being able to strict pull-up and also a strict dip. And the way we do dips is pretty similar as well. The only difference is that a dip needs a lot of extension of the shoulder, which is a decent amount of stress on the rotator cuff, and it's one of those movements that typically is sore and painful, even moving out months and months from the surgery, Right. So get your symmetry with a dumbbell bench press and then start on a uh, stable implement. So basically like parallel bars or a dip station to get to the point where you can tolerate dips well. And then we move over to the unstable elements, right? So we start progressing over towards ring dips, ring pull-ups. As we're tolerating those well, we start to incorporate a transition phase. So working on drills that allow you to transition from the pull-up to the bottom of the dip. And then around the 9 to 12-month mark is probably when you can start doing repetitions of a muscle-up. And one thing I will say with CrossFit is that there's a big difference between being able to do strict and kipping pull-ups um, in a skill kind of place and doing them in a Metcon environment, right? Right. So I if possible, I'd love athletes to be able to get a strict muscle up before we start doing more dynamic motions like kipping, right? That's not always the case because some athletes just don't have the strength to do strict. But I want to see them doing strict uh, muscle ups in more of a controlled strength environment like three sets of five, you know, uh, for a few uh, weeks before we actually progress towards doing them inside of a conditioning environment, right? So I like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I like what you kind of said there because you kind of led us through a progression where you talked about like loading somebody in mid range of motion before you get to end range of motion, then loading it controlled towards end range of motion before you start doing that with speed and load. Right. And, and, and then obviously adding all those things together would be the end. So, you know, probably the things that have load with speed at end range, like things like a snatch or I guess a kip or definitely a muscle up, those types of things. You see how those, you know, Dan. Down those pieces to do them in components, so that way at least you have the skill and the stress involved of maybe not actually putting it all together with speed and load at end range. Right, you put that together.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, there's a lot to it. Obviously, like I said, I'm just I'm <laughs> guessing. I, I sat down for a long time, and thought about this. I I worked a lot with Dave Tilley back in the day. I re- I reached out to Doctor Rocket who's the head surgeon for CrossFit HQ. And we just kind of figured out what we think is appropriate at given time lengths, but it's, you know, we, we don't really know we're guessing. So.
0: You know, you gotta, you gotta think that these people that are having the surgery, this isn't like an 85 year old degenerative rotator cuff tear. Hopefully this is a younger type person with better tissue quality, a smaller tear that they'll be able to respond to this a little bit better. I hope, (laughs) Um, you know, but, you know, but also you do have to wonder like, you know, well, you still got here, right? You're 30 with a full thing. That's rotator cuff, there. <laughs> like that. we have to, you know, that's the elephant in the room, I guess. But um, you know, yeah. but you know, I, you when you look at some of the science behind rotator cuff repairs and when they fail and, and don't fail, I think the majority fail early, right? And it's and it's during the phases where we're doing nothing related to CrossFit too. So keep that in mind. So like, you know, things like I would say probably like a dip muscle up type thing probably scares me the most. Dan, do you do you agree with that? Is I I was just trying to think of that,
2: like, but that, that excessive extension position tends to scare me. Like, am I off on that? I don't think so. I think this is a common position that hurts people that don't have um, a rotator cuff tear after surgery. Uh, It's just a tough position for the shoulder in general, right? You're in full extension and range of motion. You have your full body weight on there. If you're thinking about it from a uh, muscle up perspective, you're throwing yourself into that position onto an (laughs) unstable implement, right? So that's, that's a ton of stress in that area. And on top of that, a lot of folks don't have the strict strength to do a um, regular muscle-up, let alone once you start kipping. So what happens is that athletes don't really have the strength to do a strict muscle-up. They can't pull themselves into the position, and they're not very good at dipping out of it. So they use their legs, right? You kip, you have an aggressive kip, you get onto the rings, right? You're in this unstable position. You can't really dip out of it. So you use your legs to kip out of it too, right? Um, so I think the nature of the movement by itself is it's very challenging. You're throwing yourself into positions and you have to have a ton of stability there, right? So it's, it's a weird dynamic element and you have to be able to handle those positions well. So at least for me, I think you have to be able to handle the bottom position of a pull up extremely well. Right. Just because that's where all your kipping goes. And it's where you land from a kip. The other part is you have to establish a ton of strength and stability in the catch position of a muscle up, because that's also where things tend to go wrong and where you throw yourself into. Right. So you're just preparing these positions very thoroughly. Before you do it in a more dynamic fashion. And for me, that means I'm doing dips, but I'm also doing like pause dips where I go in the bottom position of a dip and I hold there and then I press back out and maybe I pause at the top too, go back down, pause at the bottom because really we want to display a lot of strength and control in the areas that are probably hardest on the body and most likely to cause more injury, right? Right. And I think a lot of people
0: that I get fearful of, especially, you know, that study you alluded to that just recently came out. I think if you break down those subjects, I don't know if those subjects apply to the whole spectrum of people with rotator cuff repair. So you see that and you want to go fast. I mean, this is the type of thing where like, if this doesn't go well, like it's going to (laughs) stink, Right. Like you're going to be in a bit of a jam with now a, a, a re tear. Your tissue quality is worse. It's probably retracted. You're going to be in a jam here. So just, you know, be smart. I know we all want to get back into there, but I, I think the big thing I got out of Dan is there's a ton we can do, you know, during these early phases and in, in the mid range of motion. Right. And then even in like the latter stages, like with like end range of motion before we get to speed and loaded at end range, right. There's a ton we can do. You're going to be very happy in the gym right. You may not be competing for time, right. But you're going to be very happy in the gym, like towards that give or take nine month mark down there. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, so see some, some of that like light at the end of the tunnel, but like, just, just be smart. I guess what I said, I'm not like conservative with my athletes in any way, but like, I, I don't, I, I just want to make sure that this goes well for these people. So,
2: yeah. one thing I will say too, is that, um, getting back to CrossFit after rotator cuff tear is, is hard right you're trying to get back to really really challenging movements if someone is let's say a bodybuilder they're probably going to be pretty happy with their training around like the five to six month mark they're starting to load a little bit more they're back to most of the movements they enjoy for someone who's in a CrossFit, I think it's going to be quite a bit longer just because there's more stages. And, you know, CrossFit's very dynamic and it's challenging on the body. So, um, if you do, if you are a person considering a rotator cuff repair, I, at least in that study, the outcomes are quite good. People did really well with it. So I think that people can do well with a rotator cuff repair. And if you're a young person with a full thickness, I think you probably should. Um, uh, but it's going to take a long time. So you have to set that expectation. That's like nine to 12 months until you're back to doing everything, you know, that you want to be able to do. And even then, I think, for a year, year and a half following that, you probably need to be very cautious, right? So. I, li- I like that, right. And just, and just realize like you
0: can have fun at CrossFit, but maybe you're not as super competitive initially when you get back, I think is what you're saying. That's good. Um, yeah. And then I would just say, you know, now's a good time to reflect. If you're doing CrossFit and you're having some shoulder pain, should get checked by a quality professional <laughs> like Dan Pope from fitnesspainfree.com b- because you don't, you don't want this to become a rotary cuff tear because that's going to be, that's going to be a big problem for you. So like, don't neglect shoulder pain during your lifts and stuff here because there's sometimes there's a lot of things we can do that that can keep you in the gym training um and not do some damage to the tendon for the long term so kind of keep that in mind too is is be proactive with this if you're having some pain um so that's awesome so you know sincerely dan's a man like you know we kid around you know you know where you know with dan without this sort of stuff but he's got tons of articles on this on fitnesspainfree.com. You you got even courses and programs that teach you this so it, this is hard to cover in 15 minutes obviously julia but uh go check out dan's website he's got a um uh, uh, a huge database of of content
2: on there and even some in-depth courses right dan thank you yeah thank you very much mike yeah definitely check it out if you want to send some you know specific questions i think you know where to find me on instagram whatever hopefully i can help you out Sweet. Awesome. All right. Great episode. Thanks, Julia. Roll Tide. We appreciate it. If you have a question
0: like that, please head to micron.com click on that podcast link. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notifications when you have new episodes. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question.